Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Sister Iris, do you have anything on your heart? I could be wrong. That's, if not, that's fine. I keep coming back to you. Huh? Why don't you come here? Let me put it on the spot. Just keep getting drawn to Sister Iris. Why don't you just exhort for a minute, whatever comes up on your heart. Oh, Father, we just thank you and praise you, Father. Oh, Father, we thank you, Father, for the year that you just brought us through, Father. Oh, Father, but 2020 is going to be so much greater and so much more, Father, than we ever thought or dreamed of, Father. Father, we can't even begin to imagine, Father, the things that you have available for us this year, Father. Things, Father, that, that we've not even thought about, Father. Things, Father, that, that you have just, some, some things, Father, you've dropped into our hearts. Some things he hasn't dropped into your heart. But just like Pastor Angela, was saying today, just be ready. Just be ready. Just put yourself because God has a plan for you. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. And don't, don't allow, don't allow the enemy to come in and steal because that's exactly what he wants to do. Trust me, he is waiting just for you to make, just for you to, 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 to get off your stand, to get off your stand. So take a stand and stand firm and don't be knocked around by the enemy because you're bigger than he is. But not because of who you are, but because of who is on the inside of you, because of the ability that you have, because of the wisdom and the knowledge that you have that comes out of the word, that comes out of the word. It's the things that are in the word that will cause you to be the overcomer that God created you to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil talk you out of your stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good. Praise God. Thank God for a Holy Ghost ADT system in our life. Keeping the devil at bed. That's a that's alarm company, by the way, ADT. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. Hallelujah. You know, God wants to use each one of you. He wants to use each one of you. He's got a strong desire to use you in your daily life. Amen. And you're graced by God to be used by him. Amen. And if you expect God to use you, he will. I know Sister Iris does. She, she expects God to use her. God uses her in prayer and other areas. But if you expect God to use you, he'll do it. Amen. Praise you. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful for your presence here tonight. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we love you. We honor you. We give you all the thanks and praise for your goodness. Hallelujah. Father, we are grateful for who you are and what you've done for us. We're so very thankful, Father. We just honor you tonight. We approach your word with open hearts. Father, our hearts are open to hear what you would have to say to us tonight. Father, what the Spirit of God would say. Lord, we'll put our antennas up, so to speak, and be sensitive to your voice, to the voice of the Spirit this evening as we Go forward, Father, we are thankful that you have much to say, and there's much that's needed to be heard, and so, Father, we position ourselves to hear from you. We love you, we honor you, we thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Go to Ephesians chapter 2 real quick, Ephesians the second chapter. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Have you, last week we talked about uh, praying for our body, for the, not for our physical body, but for our church body. Have you guys been doing that this week? Well, we're going to do that right now. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to pray this over ourselves and for our church. Ephesians chapter 1, the 15th verse. If you have somebody specific on your heart, you can say their name in this, in this area when we read through this. Ephesians 1, reading out of the New King James, says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you for our church, those you've called to our church, those who are parts of Impact Family Church, Father, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give us and them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Father, we thank you for that. We, we depend upon you to give that to us. Lord, the eyes of their understanding, of our understanding being enlightened, that we all might know what is the hope of your calling, what is the riches of your glory and the inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us, all of us who believe according to the mighty power, the working of your mighty power which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead. Father, we thank you for it, spirit of wisdom. In revelation and the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. Father, we are open to what you would say. Father, we thank you that we have a church of open people, growing people. Hallelujah. Growing in the things of God, growing in the knowledge of God, but in the, uh, in the sense of revelation knowledge of the things of God. Father, we are thankful for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Doesn't, doesn't hurt to start off like that, right? Hallelujah. Well, this morning I was talking about... Uh, uh, the the importance of living by faith and and uh, I, I honestly thought this would be we would just finish it this morning and move on to something else after that uh, for tonight but we didn't didn't get that far so I'm going to try to uh, finish this out tonight um, but we just were talking about pastor and ministered several weeks ago um, he's been talking about the subject of faith and ministering on that and and uh, that's something you're gonna hear a lot of over the years it's just that's a that's a that's a continual go back topic is the subject of faith. And um, he started talking about, um, and I'm not going to be able to go over everything. If you weren't here, you can listen to the messages. And if you were serving somewhere, thank you. Uh, but do go back and listen to it. It'll be, it'll be good for you to do. Um, but some areas that he said five faith facts, he ended up giving six. Uh, one of those pressed down, shaken together messages where the five God miraculously turned into six. So uh, he said we're saved by faith. He read out of Ephesians chapter 2, says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. The importance of faith in our life. He said, we stand by faith. Romans chapter 11, the 19th and 20th verse. He said, uh, uh, speaking of the children of Israel, the branches were broken off that we might be grafted in or I might be grafted in. Well said, because of the unbelief, they were broken off and you stand by faith. He said, do not be haughty nor fear. So we stand by faith. We keep our position by faith. The third thing was uh, in Romans chapter 1, the 11th verse. It says, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so the third thing he mentioned was the fact that we live by our faith. My tablet's messing up here. Let me restart this program. That didn't help. Thank God for technology, huh? Did something I've never seen it do before. Did it again. It is frozen entirely. All right. Well, that's all right. I've got another one. And then the fourth one is we fight by faith. One has got bigger letters than the other, so I was using the bigger text. So, but anyway, uh, we fight by faith. First Timothy chapter six said, "Fight the good fight of faith." First Timothy six twelve. The fifth thing he mentioned was we overcome by faith. 
And uh, 1 John 5, 4 says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Aren't you glad our faith overcomes the world? And then 6, 1, the bonus when he gave us was in Hebrews chapter 11. You can turn there. Hebrews 11th chapter. I, I'm going to read this every time. I, like, I don't want to skip over this one or skim over this one. This is a good one. Hebrews 11. Six verses says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we know by faith is how we please God. So without faith, we can't please him. It's impossible to please him. But with faith, we absolutely can please God. Amen. So we're talking about these things this morning and talking about the reasons why uh, um, uh, it's important we live by faith. We started talking about the, uh, 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 the fact not the, not the, not the, uh, what's this, an established fact, that God's a God of faith. He's a faith God. And we read over in um, uh, Romans chapter 4, the, the 17th verse, it says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He speaks things, brings things out of the unseen realm into the seen realm. That's how God operates. He did that before the foundations of the world. He spoke the world, you know, the, the uh, we didn't come from the zoo from the goo to the zoo to you, God spoke us into existence, right? Uh, there, there is no big bang theory other than God said it and bang, it happened. And so uh, people who believe otherwise, it's just pure foolishness to believe anything else, that something like all of this would come from nothing. No, God took it from the unseen and brought it into the seen realm by his words. He declared th something that wasn't and spoke it into existence. And so we know that uh, God is a faith God and those things that are dead, he calls to life. And so he does that. We were once dead and we've been called to life, amen? And so God's a faith God. We talked about the fact that them, uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit sending Jesus here was really an act of faith because uh, without... Uh, it, they had no guarantee this would work out. They had no guarantee Jesus would stand the test. And so we won't go into all of that, but that was an act of faith. That was, that was declaring something, having a plan, and then setting it into motion. And, and they believed their faith would produce. And thank God, Jesus withstood. He obeyed, did what he was supposed to do. And then also they had to have faith that we would respond. And so um, the, the, the simple uh, putting this sacrifice into plan and doing everything he did, there was still no guarantee that, that we would respond, but we did. And uh, so God is a faith God. And so we, since we've been created in his image and his likeness, we know that if we're like him, we're also to be people of faith. And so pastor talked about all the different things that, um, uh, example reasons or things that we do, we get from our faith. But um, there's one other area when pastor had, was talking about that, that last Sunday at the very end of the service, um, he made the comment. He said, um, let me try to find it again. Uh, he said, uh, let me find my place. Bear with me just one sec. Did it also delete my notes? That would be bad. He just said he was, uh, I'm, 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 it's not right here right now. That's really odd. It was there and then it disappeared. He did say, so why can't the things of God just fall in our laps after we, after we accept Christ? And he said he was so grateful. I remember at the end of the service, we all stood up, and he was just praying, and he said, um, I'm so thankful uh, 
that we get to live this life of faith that things just don't fall in our lap. And, and uh, the Spirit of God just said on the inside of me, most Christians don't believe that. Most Christians can't agree with that. And, and some might take that as just a, uh, like I said this morning, it's preacher speak or it's just something that preachers say to sound good. I mean, no, there's sometimes preachers say stuff that just sound good. So, but that's not just pre- preacher speak. That is, a, that is actually from the heart of God. That's a reality. It is a privilege to live live by faith, and, and really if everything that once we got born again, if everything just fell in our laps without any effort on our part, without us having to be like God and extend faith like God, really it would be to our detriment if that was the case. And um, because uh, uh, there's some things here that the Lord began to talk to me afterward uh, about that and spent some time meditating on it, and, and it's, uh, like I said this morning, the things, it goes in line with some things that he's been talking to me about for the last a couple years, some things he's been uh, laying on my heart and things that have been um, uh, the subject in and of itself has been something that's helped uh, keep me, uh, not that I was lacking focus or off course, but maintaining vision. Stephen quoted, he talked about how important vision is. And uh, we know in Proverbs it says that uh, the people perish for a lack of vision. They run wild. And we need vision in our life. You need vision to start something. You need vision to finish something. You know, this life that we have started our Christian walk is, is just one of those things. You need vision. There, there, you respond to the gospel because you see a need. You respond to a gospel because it, it meets a need in your life. You recognize your need for a Savior. You recognize your need for Him. And so the vision there and, and the entrance of His Word bringing light into your life, you see the, the need, you see what's available, and so you take it. Well, to finish this thing out and to walk this out, vision needs to continue to come. We need to maintain our vision of what God is calling us to. And, and uh, so that's where I want to pick up tonight uh, as far as... Um, uh, uh, what the Lord began to talk to me about. And like I said, it goes along with some things that I've been talking about, but it'll be good for us. Go over to Romans, back to Romans, the first chapter. And uh, we're going to look at this um, scripture again. And, and um, a couple things here that I, that I want to, to bring out of this. In Romans chapter 1 in the 17th verse, it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written... The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The Amplified of that says, For in it the gospel, for in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed to the way of faith that arouses to more faith. As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. And so it says here that we are made alive by faith, but also it sets the course of our life. That's what we live by. But uh, when, when the, like I said, when the Lord just kind of, like I said, this topic is showing up in almost every area of my life. Not every area, not what shoes I've got on or things like that, but everything important. It kind of, this is something that's been tying back into some, some things that the Lord's been talking to me about. What life is he talking about here? You'll live by faith. What life is he talking about? Well, we, the first thing we think of is the life we're living here. You know, it's important we live this life according to our faith, not just uh, uh, when we, sometimes people read that, they think, you know, as far as, you know, speaking things, which is important, or, um, um, you, know, or, or you know, doing the Christian duties that we do, those things. I'm talking about it, it applies to every area of our life, what we base our life on, what we value, the things that we purpose in our hearts, the things that we give ourselves to. The, it, our life ought to look different than other people's lives. So our life as a believer, ought to, it ought to be different. 
If nobody looks at, when people look at your life, if they don't see a difference between your life and everybody else's life, you might want to check up on yourself. Because we've been called to live different. Not just live a good life or be a good person, but live a life of faith that is, that is directed and determined by what we believe. Right? That is set in course by what we believe. That our beliefs set the course of our life. From every single area. You know, there's not a single area that should not be affected by our life. I'm just going to say this right now, and I wouldn't intend to say it, but I'll say it. We're heading into an election year. Every time we have an election year, people get upset because of things that get said in the church about, about what's going on. People get upset about it. Do y'all realize that people get set up every year in, in churches across America, but also at Impact Family Church? People get upset. We ought not be upset. Politics ought to be able to be discussed in church. The governing of our nation ought to be able to be discussed in our church. If it's based on God's word, it should be something we're not opposed to talking about. It's kind of ridiculous, isn't it, to think that we can talk about anything, but don't talk about politics in church. It doesn't make any sense, y'all. And it's not about Democrat or Republican. It's about godly values and godly principles. Those are the things we ought to be talking about. Those things we ought to be voting for. And if it disrupts our political affiliations, we need, listen, we ought to be more affiliated with the gospel and the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus than we are with some, with a donkey or, or a, 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 an elephant. We ought to be, or whatever libertarians are, what a, a muskrat, I don't know what they are. I mean, we ought to be more committed to the gospel of the the Lord Jesus, a koala, or whatever it is, you know, uh, than we are to some animal or some political thing. But so often people, well, I've been this my whole life. I've always voted this way. My family's voted. And so you can't talk to me about this. If we're a believer, we ought to be able to talk about it. And if we're living by faith, our faith ought to determine, if necessary, even change our political affiliations in how we vote. I don't, I don't know why this just came up. You got to realize we're voting for a president. We're not voting for a pastor. We, we, we're voting for someone to lead our country, not to pastor our church. There are some areas of even our president now that, you know what, it's not, they're not good. We may not like them, but as far as leading our country, it's not affecting that. We got to get the right person in the office, whoever that is. We're not, we're not, we're not electing a pastor. We don't do that here anyway. But uh, <laughs> so I want to vote for this person, that person. They did this, they did that. Well, they're not, they're not. You're coming to your house. They're not, you're not, they're not moving in with you. I mean, they're, they're not taking over your church. They're, they're, they're leading the country. And, and anyway, side thought. But anyway, every area of our life ought to be open. Politics ought to be open. How we run our families ought to be open. What we value as families ought to be open. What we allow into our families ought to, be, ought to be open to what the gospel says. How we treat our spouses ought to be open to the gospel. Well, they, it doesn't matter what they did. What did Jesus do? Well, they said, it doesn't matter what they said. I'm sure you probably didn't always say the best thing either. Only Amy was perfect in that. And so, uh, and never make them know. It doesn't matter. We ought to be open to what the gospel has to say. It's talking about living by faith. We ought to live by faith. So obviously this, this area of our life, uh, the life we're living now, is, is also is important. But let me ask you this. We've already established that God is a God of faith. He lives by faith. Where does God live? In what realm does God live in? In uh, 1 Timothy, 
the first verse, you can look at it. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy, the, the first chapter. In the 17th verse, it says, Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Notice in this list, it wasn't physical. It wasn't natural. The first thing it said of, of who he is, his attributes of where he is, is eternal. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible to, to God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever. God is a faith God, and he does it in the eternal realm. In the realm of eternity, God does this. Now, the subject of eternity is something that, um, like I said, I've, I've, in recent, you've heard me talk about it some, and it's something that the, the, the Lord has been talking to me about um, in recent times. And, and um, Steve and I were talking about for service tonight, and, and I won't say who, but a, a, a minister um, that, you know, I can't, I, I'm not saying their name because I can't vouch for them 100%, but, but I know Brother Hagen did recognize the office that they stood in. Um, can't say that everything that they've, they've said, prophesied, has been 100% because I don't know. It's none of my business. But, but, God, but Brother Hagen did, did recognize the office they, that, that this person stood in. Had um, made, a, made a comment that uh, they had gone to heaven, and, 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 and I don't know all the details, but they actually saw Brother Hagen there teaching people the subject of faith in heaven. Brother Hagen saw them teaching people faith in heaven. Now, if that's true or not, I don't know. It wasn't there. Um, but it does line up with something that makes us wonder, makes us think, because God is a faith God, but he does it in the eternal realm. He doesn't do it just in the natural, physical realm we live in. He does it in the eternal. Stay with me for a minute. He does it in the eternal. Some people are like, what is he talking about? God is eternal, and he operates in the spiritual realm, in the eternal realm. But he does it by faith. And so we've been called to live by faith as well. The living we do by faith is, yes, in this life, but I dare say the living we do in faith is also going to be in the life which is to come. The, the faith that we're learning now is going to be used in the life that we're going to have. So much of, of, of the, 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 the Lord's been talking to me about eternity in recent times has been, like I said, has been something that's helped keep some vision in front of me. Because what we do here, and you know, I said this morning, it's easy to, to get comfortable with where we are. It's easy to get comfortable with what we have and, and to kind of coast and be okay with where we are. But the reality is we're not positioning ourselves just for this life. We're not living for this life. We're living for another life which is to come. And if we're to live by faith now in this life, but God is living by faith in the eternal realm, means we're going to be living life in the eternal realm. We have to know how this stuff works. And to people who don't know anything about faith, I could see where it might be necessary for them to be taught some things about the subject of faith to learn how to operate, even in the life which is to come. Um, go with me over to uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews the 6th chapter. This is just a, 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 side, a side thought. You know, when we talk about eternity, this ought not be something that causes us to kind of shy away from it. This is something that... Um, uh, is, is a foundational truth in our life. 
In Hebrews chapter 6, the first, first verse, it says, Therefore, leaving the discussions of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying in the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So eternal issues are foundational things that, that, that the scriptures consider to be foundational in our life. That tells me if, if eternal things are foundational things, we ought to be thinking about eternity. We ought to be thinking about eternity. And it's more, for the believer, it's not so much about making it, it's about what we're going to do when we make it. Being prepared when we get there. You know, it's interesting, I, like I said, this morning I intended to do this in the morning, the morning service. And, and this is a foundational thing, but it's not necessarily uh, something people necessarily run to. In some senses, you could say that it might be a little, maybe a little deeper topic when you talk about eternity and get into some of these things other than just making heaven. Um, uh, I know several months ago, actually, I think it was in April or May of last year, I started talking about reward, and I never actually got to finish it. Maybe sometime I'll go back to it. But uh, there is something that's awaiting us. Like I said, something the Lord keeps bringing me back to. As we get closer to the return of the Lord, now whether or not it happens in my lifetime or your lifetime, we all have to admit every day we're getting closer to our exit. Every day we're getting closer to our time. We're not going to be here forever. And uh, every day we're getting, if the Lord waits 10 more generations, every day is closer to my departure. And so from a personal standpoint, my departure is getting closer, not tomorrow, but, but it's getting closer in the, in the, in the scheme of things. And, and I don't know about you, but, you know, it seems like things, as I get older, things move by faster. As I get older, things just go quicker and things just get quicker. I, I have a theory on that because I don't know if I've said this before. My theory on why things get faster is because well, as you're younger, everything is new. And the first time you take a trip, it takes a while to get there. The second time you do it, it seems like it's faster. You ever notice that? If you watch a show for the first time, the first time you watch it, it took however long. The second time, it just was really quick. Wow, you've experienced it before. Much of our life is repetitive. And so I think in some ways that that happens. But life is getting quicker, and before you know it, our time will come. If the Lord tarries, our, our time will come, and we're not going to be here. And we're going to move on to glory. Well, God wants us to be ready. He wants us to be ready for those things. And, and like I said, I wanted to talk about some of these things this morning because I know there's folks who just don't come back on Sunday nights. Sometimes people don't, and I know there are reasons, legitimate reasons why people can't come back. I get it. But then there's also a lot of times people don't come back because there's not a hunger for more. They're happy with where, what they have. That's why we need to be lifting them up in prayer. They need to see some things. The reality is all of us need to grow in some areas if we're going to be ready for what's next. We need some growth and some things if we're going to be ready for what's next. We're going to have to learn how to live by faith. Well, heaven is just, no, no, we're going to have to know how to live. by. We're going to have to be experienced in these things. And our experience level in these things will either give us opportunities or might even cost us some opportunities. You know, people spend their whole lives preparing for retirement. They spend all that they spend time for, and you ought to prepare for retirement for the, for, and you get later in life, spend time preparing for, for retirement, but we've got something else to prepare for. That's a whole lot longer than retirement. And I know so many people sometimes don't like talking about this, but it's a reality. We're all going to get there. And when we get there, it's going to be just as real. In fact, it'll be more real than what we're doing right now. 
We'll have, a, we'll have all of our faculties. We'll have all of our memories. We'll, we'll be able to reason things out, see things. We'll be able to think. We'll, 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 we'll be able to analyze. We'll be like we are now, yet without sin. But that goes on a whole lot longer. We need to be ready for that. So God lives by faith in the eternal realm. We're going to be living by faith in the eternal realm. I believe the Lord has allowed us to see some of these things so that, that we've not seen in the past that so we can be ready when, when he comes back or we finish our assignment here. Go over to Romans, the fifth chapter. Romans chapter five. You're in Hebrews. Go over to Romans, the fifth chapter. Like I said, for me, this has been something that, that the Lord has continually talked to me about and been bringing back to my attention because I believe, uh, like I said, he wants me to be ready, but uh, part of my job here is to help train you as well. He wants all of us to be ready. We've been called to so much more. We've been called to so much more. It says in Romans chapter 5 in the 17th verse, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Will reign in life. Now, which life is it talking about? Obviously, this life we're to be reigning in, but could it be talking as well about something else? The Amplified Bible says, for if, if because of one man's trespass or lapse or offense, death reigned through the one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. We're to reign here, but there's more life to be experienced. We've only just begun. Who remembers that song? Who was, who was that? Was that the carpenters? Okay, the car, Amy's favorite people, the carpenters. She, she does love them. We've only just begun. There's much more, there's much more reigning that's going to go on. Go to 2 Timothy. I want to look at a couple of scriptures here. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I'm not going to go a real long time tonight, but, but these are some things we need to start lending ourselves to and not just relax because we're taken care of right now. Not just get on the back pedal because my, me and my family, us four, we're good. We have what we need. We're okay with what we don't have. I mean, you know what I mean? We're okay. We should be learning to live by faith in every single area and continuing to press forward. Second Timothy, the second chapter in the 10th verse, it says, Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus the eternal, with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him... We also shall live with him. If we endure, we also shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. We cannot, he cannot deny himself. Notice in verse 12, it says, If we endure, we also shall reign with him. If we endure, we also shall reign with him. That's pointing to a reigning in, an, in a time, in a place that is not this time and place. It says, when, if we endure, when are we enduring? We're enduring now. Are we enduring in heaven? No, there's no enduring to do there because there's no sin. But we have to endure in this life. It says, if we endure, we also shall reign with him. It's pointing to that there's some reigning in life that is beyond the reigning in this life. There's more to be reigned in. We have to endure in this life so that we can reign in the next. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians the 6th chapter. 
First Corinthians chapter six, we'll look in the first verse. It says, dare any of you having a matter against a brother, I'll wait till the pages are done. First Corinthians six, the first, the first verse, it says, dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints. Verse two, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know, verse three, do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? So he said here in these scriptures, he said, Don't, aren't you aware of the fact that we're gonna judge the world? We're also gonna judge angels. We're gonna be in positions of making decisions of other people, other, other spiritual beings, you and I are going to be doing that. It's kind of cool, isn't it? Well, if God is a faith God, if that's who he is, then we have to be faith people if we're going to be able to do our job then and do it right. You know, when the Lord talks to you, he talks to you in your language. And he says things to you that you understand. He said this to me, it gives us kingdom street cred. Well, how do we go to the Lord? Why do we go to the Lord when we have issues? How can we go to him? Because he's been tempted in all ways like us, right? We can go before the throne of grace because he's been tempted in every way like us without sin. So he can relate to us. He's been where we've been and he made it. He made the right decision so we can go to him for help. In the life that's coming, if we're gonna be ruling and reigning with him, we've gotta understand how these things operate. How are we gonna judge how people lived if we ourselves never learned how to live by faith ourselves, How are we gonna be doing these things effectively if we don't have any credibility in our own walk and credibility in our own life if our faith isn't developed, if we're not giving ourselves to developing the like God does, calling those things that don't exist as though we do, living beyond what we can see, if we don't develop that capacity within us now, how can we judge others for not doing it for themselves? I would say if we don't do that, if we don't learn to do this now, when it comes to, to, to making judgments about people, individuals, even spiritual beings that did not live according to faith, according to what God had said, but what he had spoken, if we don't live our life that way, we won't, may not be, uh, I'll say may not, because I don't know exactly sure how this is going to work, but we may not be in a position to be used the way we want to be used. Like I said, this tonight is just something to get you to think a little bit because I believe the Lord is wanting to get us ready because we live in a time where Jesus could come back at any moment and we're gonna step into eternity, but whether he comes back in our lifetime or not, we're getting closer. And when we get there, we need to be ready for what's next. We need to be ready for what's next. Like I said, this is something that, that the Lord has been continually bringing me back to. Now, it doesn't make me nervous. I'm not nervous something's going to happen to me. But he's bringing me back to it on a continual basis that I need to be ready for what's coming. Part of that is we must learn to be people of faith. It's not just about getting what we need here. It's positioning ourselves for what's next. There's a whole lot more life we're going to have to live. And people who are giving themselves to these things and yielding themselves to these things and applying themselves in these areas and asking God to reveal him to in these areas and then putting them into action will be people God will be able to use.
Amen. We can't rule and reign in areas we don't understand. We can't understand areas we've not encountered. We can't effectively encounter what we don't pursue. I'm going to read that again. We can't rule or reign in areas we don't understand. We can't understand areas we've not encountered. We can't effectively encounter what we don't pursue. Talk about a life of faith. Talk about a life of faith. We must live with eternal purpose, perspective, and vision. Otherwise, we will be ill-prepared for what is coming next. These are things the Lord said to me. We must live with eternal purpose, perspective, and vision. Otherwise, we'll be ill-prepared for what is coming next. He went on to say, this life is separating the judges from the eternally judged. This life is arranging the hierarchy of those doing the judging. Now, when, when God says something like that to you, it gets your attention. When he said that to me, it got my attention. This life is separating the judges from the eternally judged. Now, like I said, this is a little bit, maybe a little heavier, a little bit deeper maybe to some folks, but this is the reality. The decisions we're making now determines our address, right? Doing the judges and the eternally judged, but it also says it's arranging the hierarchy of those doing the judging. Can I tell you this? Our position in the kingdom of God on an eternal level, there's a position for us. God is eternal. We're eternal. There's a position. It's really got nothing to do with your position here. It's got everything to do with your faithfulness here. It's got everything to do with your faithfulness here. It's got everything to do with your faithfulness here. In the first area, we must be faithful. If God, if the Bible says the just will live by faith and without faith it is impossible to please him. He even said in Hebrews that if you draw back, talking about faith, my soul has no pleasure in you, right? This must be an area that we continue to pursue and continue to grow in. I've been there in the past. I've grown up in a church that teaches faith. I've been there myself. I know nobody else. When I've heard the subject, I've heard this before. I know nobody else has thought that. I've thought I've heard this before. I've heard the same message. I've heard faith tune-ups before, title something else. I got this down. I know what I'm doing. Never look at it that way. We are preparing ourselves for what's next. Pastor said this year is a year for clear vision, clear to see some things. We need revelation in some areas that will cause us to have vision to keep us going and on course and actively pursuing what God has called us to pursue. It's not about being good little Christians. It's about being prepared for what God has for us. He's got good works prepared for us. We need to be prepared for those works. And part of that is learning how to live by faith. It's more than just getting your, bill pay, your bills paid, folks. It's more than just getting your, your body healed. It's more than just those things. We are preparing ourselves. The just will live by faith. We're going to have to be calling things that don't exist as though they did. How's that going to work? I don't know. I do know this. The Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about what it's going to be because Paul saw some things and he had a hard time staying. Right? He had visions. He had things. He said, it's, it's difficult for me to stay. So we have little insight, but we, when the Spirit of God tries to get our attention, we need to prepare ourselves. We need to do that. We need to be prepared. The just shall live by faith. These are lessons that pastor, you know, has been talking about this here recently, and this is not by accident. It's not something that's just been, just been given. God is trying to get us ready. 
And really, I'm not, I'm not going to spend any more time on this tonight. We're going to close here in just a minute. But it is so important that we get this down. We learn these lessons. It's so important that we learn these lessons. When I, when on this subject, that God, like I said, God keeps bringing me back to the subject of eternity. I, honestly, sometimes I'm like, Lord, what's the deal? I mean, I'll be honest with you, yesterday, sitting in the house, you know, I, this weekend, it's like always, people say, what do preachers do? We're busy. And people say, what do y'all do? Y'all sit around and pray. I had, I had no time to look work on, on what I was going to talk about at all this week. I had to do it yesterday. So, But, you know, I'm always kind of checking in with the Lord. And so I actually had a couple other things I was on my heart to talk about. I get ready to sit down, and I said, Lord, uh, I, what do you want me to do? He said, he told me to talk about this. He, he talked about this that night after service. And I went home, and I, and I wrote some things out, and I just been going over it for myself, looking at something. He said, I want you to talk about that. And I was like, Lord, but can I talk about something else? He said, no. I said, what about this? He said, no, talk about that. I said, what about this topic? He said, no, talk about that. Well, what about this? No, talk about, I kept going, no, talk about that. And many times I've said, I've asked the Lord, what's the deal? What's the deal? Now, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how close we're getting, but I have a sense we need to be ready. We need to be ready. We need to be positioning ourselves. I'm not trying to be overly spiritual about it. We just need to be ready. And he keeps bringing me back to it, so he's bringing us back to it as a church. We need to be ready for these things. And if we don't contend for a life of faith, how are those who aren't hungry going to get a, get a hold of it? If we're not contending for this and making this our, our, a part of our focus, how are we going to help bring anybody else into these areas? How are we going to be able to, we won't be able to do it. This life of faith is everything that we do. It's every part of what we do. We need to pursue these things. So we need to pursue these things. Get his word in your heart. Faith comes by hearing. Don't just agree with it. Believe it. Base your life on it. Start attacking things in life with your faith. Start using your faith. Be active in applying your faith. Be active in, in applying your faith. I've been there. You hear these things, and it's easy to fall into a rut where you know it, but you're not actually applying it. I know nobody else has been there but me, where you know these things, but you're not actively using. You're not, what it is, you're not really living by faith. You're just coasting by what your faith has done for you in the past. We can't afford to do that. I said we can't afford to do that. Like I said, you know, I wanted to, to, to get into some of this this morning because we have folks that won't come back, don't come back on Sunday night. Some, some don't come for various reasons and that are legitimate, but others, you know, still need some hunger to be done there. But, you know, if, if it's not my responsibility. We follow the Holy Spirit this morning, but we can begin to contend for these things as a body. We can begin to contend for these things. You know, and, I, I, and, I, and really... When, when God gives you revelation on something, sometimes it's a little hard to explain. And this is a subject you need to get some revelation for yourself on. It's something you need to start going to the Lord about this, this, this subject. Go to the Lord about the subject of eternity for your own life. You might be surprised with some things he starts talking to you about. You know, when Brother Hagin gave his testimony of being on the, the, when he was sick, you know, as a 16-year-old and in Mark eleven twenty four, he'd read that scripture over and over and over, knew it, knew all parts of the scripture. And he told, you know, the Lord, he said, you know, I'm in faith for this. If you were to tell me I'm not in faith, he said, I'd have to say you're lying. And Brother Hagin said, yeah, you're, you believe as far as you know. But he, he was missing on something. He was missing something. 
little part of the end of the scripture. Even though he had read it before, he didn't get it. And when the Lord just repeated it to him, the Holy Spirit made it alive on the inside of him. This is something we need to be made alive in it because that made the difference for him. It'll make the difference for us. This needs to become something real to us. I just want to stir your heart tonight. Start pursuing some things. Start pursuing these areas. Start, don't just do it from a sense of you, it's something I have to do. You are, it's like retirement. You're preparing for retirement. It's going to be a busy retirement. It's going to be a working retirement. It's going to be a good retirement, but we're getting ourselves ready for it. I want everybody to stand up. Amy's got something on her heart she wanted to share real quick. Or as much time as she needs. <laughs> Um, this, I don't know about you, but something just leaps on the inside of me when I think about it, when I think about eternity, and, um, I got this this morning, and, and he's, he said much of it, but if you go to, into Ephesians 1, towards the end, um, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, Far, and I read this Wednesday, far above all principality and power, might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He's talking about another age. God deals with people in seasons, and, but in a larger picture, in an age. And we're in an age where he's telling us where we're seated. I talked about that Wednesday. But he's saying it's not only in this age, but it's also in the one that is to come. So we have to know it now. We have to get it now. The life of faith, um, we have an opportunity to test our faith while we're here, this is a preparatory age for us. Everything you learn will be used. It's not like some college class you take and you just, you can't stand it because you know you're never going to use it. It's not like that. You're going to use it. And I, I've heard people say about faith, well, I tried that. I tried it. I don't know if any of you guys have heard that from people. They just give up. Do not give up. You have to get it. Get it now. It makes a difference later. We have an opportunity. I wrote this down. We have an opportunity to test our faith and develop our spiritual power, so to speak, now. So we have to get I just want to exhort you. There is another age to come. Why would God put all this into us and tell us all about it? just for this short life here. It doesn't really line up with who he is and what he's preparing for us. It, it, it just doesn't fit. So grab hold of this. Make it fresh and new this year. Make a declaration in your heart. You're going to do whatever it takes to get it. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, it's going to mean something it means something now. It'll change your life now, but it's going to mean something later also. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands for a minute. Father, we thank you. Father, we honor you. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.